ocean Bound and broken man Ventured oceans to oceans Shaking a thousand hands Tempo flows to passiveness Tempo Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, check. Chickity check. Are we going here? God, I, like, I always love when that dial starts moving there, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we are for episode 13, 13. of the podcast. Uh, should we tell them our trade secret that we just did episode 12 like five minutes ago? Yeah. Okay. No, don't tell them. Okay, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Okay, yes. And this is episode three, 13. Two. <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs> I'm here, as always, Mike Schulte from the Pork Tornadoes, AJ Venz of Wolf Den Wears and Wolfpack Productions, co-host, making me sound cool, Hey, doing all the work. I come in and there's just beer waiting for me, and he's got all the microphones <laughs> set up, I'm like, fucking makeup! Like, I'm like, makeup! Alright, so let's demanding. do this! He's like Ron Burgundy. I am like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and then I leave, and he has to tear everything down on his own. Yeah. Thanks, man. You're the, you're the man. I love doing it, so... Well, and we're going to try something new today. We're going to, we feel like we're running out of specific topics mm-hmm. for this podcast. So I think we're just going to do more artist spotlights and like just it. sort of lead down a road that we're going to touch on a million things. So the closer I can get to be in Iowa's Joe Rogan, the better. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into this. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. So today we're bringing on a special guest, my old friend, Caleb Ryder. How are you, Caleb Ryder? Aloha. Very so, good. What's amazing is that I might be the only one who knows that that's not your last name. That's true. That it's writer, right? It is R E I T E R. Um, yeah, my family's German from Cascade, Monticello area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when I was like 17, 18, yep, I just totally. started using it as a stage name because I'd get it's up here and be like, hey, up next, it's Caleb Reader. Here <laughs> <Yeah>. he comes. <laughs> And just people pronouncing it wrong. I'm just like, I'm just going to spell this like it is on the side of those moving trucks, and then people can't get it wrong. Dude, you a lot of people. Even like, though it's pronounced exactly the same. So, A lot of newscasters and musicians and movie stars, they change their name to make it easier to remember. Yep. So I think you did yourself a favor there. And I didn't even have to change it, really. Not really. It's like <laughs> kind of the same. But Well, here's an amazing fact for you. So Caleb's probably one of my oldest current friends that I have. Oh. I met Caleb. I was at the University of Iowa in uh, 2000. It was my first year there. And I was a drummer. I was in a, an original band, but I also wanted to learn how to play guitar like every drummer in the entire world did. <laughs> and so I started strumming, playing some Dave Matthews songs, reading oh, Tablature. Yeah. Tablature was coming out Ooh. at that point. Napster. Dude, I had Napster. <laughs> Do you guys even know what Napster is? Napster was awesome. It was oh, the free. Yeah. It was everything that Lars Ulrich hated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was, which turns out he was right, but oh well. And everything Sorry. Dispatch loved. Yeah. Yeah. Exact <laughs> Dispatch, whatever. So I'm learning how to play guitar and I find out there's an open mic night toward the end of my freshman year at the mill. Good old mill. Monday night, always an open mic night. Sign up for it. And so, obviously, I'm learning guitar to impress girls. So, I'm inviting all these girls out to a show. And I'm like, I'm playing guitar at the mill. You should come see me. Had a buddy that sounded exactly like Eddie Vedder that sang all the songs. Because I can't sing. And sure enough, we play our set, and it's great. And I'm, like, talking to all my little girly friends. And act by act starts going by. I'm not even paying attention. And then this guy gets up. And his first song immediately stops me in my tracks. I'm turning around. 
going, who the hell is this? I got to <laughs> hear this. And it turns out it's Caleb. It's long-haired Caleb, who was probably, what, like 16, 17? I was 17. You were yeah. 17, and yeah. you just said, fuck it, I'm moving to Iowa City. I'm going to get this apartment. I'm going to start playing open mic nights. And Caleb is one of those rare people that, now I've only met four or five of them in person, that has that ability to just stop a bar in its tracks and just everybody stops and turns around and goes, I got to see this. And it just, cause it was, it was a great voice. It was charisma and it was just interesting songs. And he would, he would talk about every song and say, this is what this song is about. And it's a cool story. And so of course I'm like, well, shit, Caleb, you're pretty cool. Like maybe I'll play guitar with you too. And you know, we just formed a friendship from there. But, um, Caleb, like you've 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 done solo projects, you've done full band projects, most notably now uh, Rock and Freaking Potamus, right. lead singer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band. Yeah. Um, how are you, man? Great, man. Yeah, uh, that was my story. How I met you. Do you, do you remember it the same yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. And I, the first time I remember meeting you, I was walking down like Lucas Street, or one of those streets where all the buildings look the same, and they're all like college apartments in Iowa City. And uh, you were just sitting on some stairs with an acoustic guitar. It's <laughs> with like girls around one thirty in the morning. You were that guy, huh? I yeah, was that well, guy, man. With no. three three girls around you, I think. And I don't know if I had a guitar too, or I just like was like, "Hey, can I play that guitar as well with you?" Um, but I think we just sat totally down and that. started hanging out. It was Johnson, to be exact. Johnson. It was Johnson. There we go. Yeah. I knew it was Lucas oh. or Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, so I, I know your I know your story, but I'd love for people to know it. Like, I think you've got an interesting story of how you came to be and how you got into music. Tell us how you fell in love with music and how you got into starting to play it and singing. Well, thanks for all those kind words about <laughs> well, the songs I, I mean and it, stuff. Man. I mean, I I, I I really appreciate that. Uh, but I think uh, it started, my dad wasn't really around a lot when I was a kid, and my brother's dad was an acoustic musician, and he was like your classic hippie, like the braids, the like playing three or four chords on the guitar, like <laughs> finger picking on the right hand, yep. can't do anything with the left hand, <laughs> um, you know, and so he actually hosted the open mic at stone city general store and yeah, still around in stone city that's still going so he he started that in like the 80s and through the mid 90s or something like that and uh that's my brother's dad so he would just like take me for the the, the weekends and the the summer for a month with my brother when he'd come down and uh which he didn't have to do which yeah. I, you know that's super awesome of the guy and got me in, involved in music and my brother was he was always, you know, into music, but I was like a magnet to this dude. I mean, I just would follow him around everywhere singing constantly, three, four years old, you know. He's like, well, I, I guess I got to get this kid on stage with me. I guess you I mean, need to start singing and playing guitar. So we were like, you know, he was just teaching us songs, you know, Merle Haggard and yeah, uh, Hank Williams stuff. Jr., Roger Miller. Mm. Um, was playing like King of the Road and <laughs> yes. stuff, you know, at like the uh, Jones County Fair yep. at like five years old, yeah, in like a, a a pink thing and a top hat, and like Dad was like, "All right, we're gonna play this up, you know. If we're getting up there. You're gonna like." Uh, he was a businessman. Be a small Jackson or something, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, and uh, so I don't know. It was just playing uh, 
tunes like that. And uh, he was a guy, he he loved Lukenbach, Texas, yeah. and the whole, like, singer-songwriter. It's like Waylon and Willie. And... Yeah, the song Lukenbach, Texas. So he'd spend his winters down there. Um, and didn't you say he knew? I mean, like, he'd play with Waylon yeah. and Willie and stuff like he that. He had this he? guitar that he'd have everybody would burn their names yeah. into. And I still have this guitar, and it's just, like, covered in all these names just of, famous like, old wow. country people musicians. that died that yeah. nobody cared about, too. You yeah. know, like, people that, whose names came and went in that area, and nobody ever heard of them, but maybe they were some great songwriter, you yeah. know, we never heard of. And uh, he was actually coming back from there in the late 90s and got in a car wreck and got paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost com- complete yeah, like, quadriplegia, you know, just li- very limited use yeah. of his hands. Couldn't play the guitar anymore. Um, and he was like that for like six years. And, uh, you know, I just looking at that as a guitar player, I'm just like, that would be the, like just the worst thing. Ever. Totally. You know, just yeah. like some like how tragic do you, how do you accident keep it together? that just you can't avoid, you know. And uh, so, yeah. And then... Uh, I guess about six years after that, he he passed away um, from just complications and uh, stuff like that. We made a tribute album to him, which is another time that me and you kind of hooked up um, down at Flat Black Studios. Um, We made that in Iowa City, and um, part of it was just kind of trying to corral my older brother to get him to come down and do this thing, you know, because I really wanted to get something out there that was dad's music, you know. Just just his stuff, because it'll never be put down yeah, again, it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so he he got down there. I think me and you had maybe done drums on a track yeah. or something. And then my brother kind of like whispered in me, you know, after listening to some of his stuff, he's just like, you know, Dad just didn't really play with a band and yeah, stuff. I feel like we should solo. just do these solo, straight, just live. And we pretty much did that. Yeah. And in like three hours, we just recorded this thing basically like, just 10 or 12 of dad's best songs or what we thought were his best songs. And, uh, and you kind of owed it you. So, I mean, you kind of owe it to him for really getting you into a love for music then. Right. I really think so. I mean, I don't know, maybe if it was anybody, I would have just followed them around singing, but I, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think he planted well, and, some seed he, that was he just corralled like, you and said, this is how we're going to do this kind of a thing. And to this day, I just gravitate toward acoustic music, yep. um, toward not that I don't love all sorts of music of all kinds from R and B to metal to, I mean, just everything. Um, well, but you, you when can, it comes to me, I mean, I have an electric guitar, and sometimes people come over to my house and they're like, dude, this guitar, you haven't touched this, have you, in no. six months? And I'm like, no, I, I haven't. <laughs> well, don't you think it's because you're, you're sort of a natural storyteller, and that's usually how like acoustic folk music goes is like i mean so so for reference for frame of reference to your songs the first one i ever heard you play was uh uh got caught stealing or no got, was got it? arrested got got arrested yeah. where it's the song it's the story about how he got arrested and pulled over driving a car with a double bubble color changing bong in his trunk <laughs> and like and, and it, but but it's just this captivating story right and then this the second one where i really knew that you knew how to do this was like you wrote the story about your dad called still life in motion and it's just this incredible like you take that story that he just told and you try to put that in a song seems kind of hard to do but um, I mean, you, you really, you really tell stories well, and that's, that's why I gravitated to you. And I think that's why you've still got that gift of music to just, you know, keep things rolling, you know? 
I think a lot of that just came straight from him, you know. I mean, he had a love for songwriting and for storytelling that was just, you know, John Prine was by far his oh, favorite, yeah. you know, and just that kind of folk, um, uh, I guess there's a little beatnik stuff in all that too, you know, that just idea of telling a story. Like, Sometimes it has a message, sometimes sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's a comedy song, and that's what got arrested was. I mean, it was just like, I'm going to write a comedy song that's just pure (laughs) comedy, you know, and that's what it was. I mean, it's not, (laughs) there's no great lesson behind that song. Well, and a lot of the the things I think that you can help on this um, podcast, too, is for like, up-and-coming musicians, because what you did, as our relationship kept going forward, like, you then moved to that place over by, like, the old Gumby's, that weird apartment that you had, yeah, yeah. and you, like, he went out and bought, like, all this digital recording, like, brand new Pro Tools back in the day, <laughs> monitors, you know, some microphones, and basically said, I'm gonna record this album of all this stuff I've been working on, and just did it yourself. Now, it's we can all say that looking back on anything it's we've so done bad. early in our lives, it's not <laughs> not ideal, it's not perfect, but like I really looked at you doing that project as like a I can do this on my own. Who cares? Like get your stuff recorded, like do it. Just get it on tape and start selling it and see if people like it, you know? And maybe if there's a topic at all to this episode is is kind of that that arc of just like me being, you know, 15, 17 years younger than I am right now going, okay, I'm just going to put all these songs down in my room on a computer and this little thing. Um, but also I didn't know anything that I was doing. I mean, just when it came to audio engineering, it's one of the worst <laughs> pieces of recording. Not ever everybody submitted. can do that. <laughs> I mean, just, awful when it comes to the technical side of stuff and uh i i mean looking back now it's like editing and just like the choices you made yeah (laughs) is just horrifically bad yeah and um you know i i think back then i just didn't have any clue of sort of what direction i wanted to go i was all over the place i'd have a rap song i'd have a like a I'd have a, a almost like metal acoustic, you know, <laughs> yeah. alternative song. I'd have some really nice lovey song, Spoken and it was word. just like. But but you were yeah, just, that was the learning point though, right? Isn't in that your what it in is? your in your life though, you were just taking all these influences. Nobody did anything original the first time they ever picked up anything. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, you were just learning. You had all these experiences and influences coming your way. You so were it just makes you were sense. seriously just determining what like kind of person you were going to be. And, yeah. like you were at that age, you're figuring out what kind of person you're going to be, and at that age as a musician, you're figuring out what kind of a musician you're going to be. Yeah. Like you, yeah. were, you just weren't afraid to try it. Where I think myself and many other people are like, well, I, I'm I'm scared to do that because that's sort of off the wall. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, like you never, I don't feel like you've ever said, eh, that sounds, I don't, that's not popular or that's just super weird. I don't want to do that. Like you've just said, well, this is, you know, it would yeah. happen every time I come over. He's like, check out this new song. And I know exactly <laughs> what song you're talking about. Like the metal, it's like acoustic metal breakdown in the middle of the song. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> well, how did you do that? You know? And, but I think, I think you've taken that on to your, uh, that entrepreneurship because i mean you have bought you bought a business you started a business like what 10 years ago or something like that oh uh, yeah in like 2007 i mean uh i just you know 
I didn't come from any money and like coming to Iowa City, I was like on my own right away and uh you know, dad passed and then my mom got cancer a few years later and she passed and my biological father went out to Hawaii, lived for a few years and he died from a massive heart attack. So it was like one thing after another. Um and I was just out there uh thinking where do I go from here? You know what I mean? And I'm like, there's no one watching my back. I got no money. There's no I'm inheritance broke. coming I, in. I paid, you know, I played all all these different uh, crappy jobs for the last how many years. And um, I just kind of fell into a certain thing where we started cleaning stuff for a living. And uh, part of that was I, I'd been in a band um, and we were just out playing gigs and we were that party band that was you know half wasted every time and just showing up at little bars and animosa or wherever you know and just going what are we even doing out here you know and uh thinking i've got to get my shit together you know and find that point don't you because i can't even i can't even promote my music because i have nothing left at the end of the month you know what i mean i can't do anything with this and uh i think Taking a step back for a few years back then, while still, you know, writing and stuff on the side, it just made me realize how much I didn't know and how much I needed to learn um, just about all that stuff. I, mm-hmm. um, like starting, becoming an adult and starting a business showed you how you could go back to your music career and imply that discipline and that Yeah, whether it comes to marketing or... Um, you know, branding or just working with other people, having done estimates and all that mm-hmm. stuff and having done hundreds of that type of things, you just get in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's sort of finding your sea legs or whatever. And uh, I think so many of those lessons just apply to to music uh, as I see it much more as a business now. I mean, um, well, as much is, as we right? love to have fun doing this yeah. and it's a blast – still has um, to make sense. We got to be yeah. polished and we got to have a, a game plan more than anything. That's the big thing. I never had a game plan. Ever. I was just like, oh, <laughs> if somebody wants us to play this show in wherever, sure, let's go play it. You know, like instead of having a game plan of, oh, I want to, this is how I want to market myself. Mm-hmm. This is sort of what I think people, uh, what I think the direction I should go in with this, my most authentic self. Right. I remember hearing William Elliott Whitmore on here a couple episodes ago talking about that. And he was just like, I should just do my hillbilly thing. Just do my thing. And then as soon as he sort of decided to just do that, you know, people reacted to that because he was being his genuine self. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I, I really, that hit me like, that's all I want to do, really. It's just like take my acoustic thing and be that genuine. What you got, you saw back when we met? Yeah, it's or the same thing. Like you, you're just taking your 17 year old self, more polished and more dedicated and smarter, and now you're putting it out into the world. You know, but but you have to go through that learning process as a young kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I felt the same way when Will was talking about that because I think that our band. Brian Jones, that hardcore band I was in back in the day that when I met all those guys, I felt I loved every second of what we did. Um, but I also felt like we were trying to like 
find the spot. You know, like we're like, right. okay, people like yeah. this now, mm-hmm. so we should do this. And and that wasn't on purpose; it was subconscious. But we yeah. weren't necessarily being authentic. We did the same thing uh, in when we were in Kidnap the Sun. That was that was our big thing when we were trying to do the quote unquote make it get to that next level uh, and everything. And yeah, you kind of found yourself like following the trends and I think what a lot of people don't realize is that by the time the trend hits you it's already too late yeah. and you're trying to be something that's already going to be passed in the next in Iowa. couple of months especially in <laughs> Iowa so it's, it is like if you're doing that instead of trying to find something that is true to yourself you're just going to always be behind It'll, you'll always be in the wake of something yeah. else so yeah well it's cool to think like 15 years later you just sort of like you're doing the same thing you've always done just just better, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, um, yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's, a, it's a good point, though, that like you just look back and you can add all the knowledge that you learned from and you apply it to what you wanted to do back yeah. then. And it's also... So, you know, it's kind of eye-opening when you look back and you're like, ah, oh, man, I was so dumb about some of that stuff I was trying to do. But you know what's crazy, though? Like, you still sold a fuck ton of those albums, didn't you? Like, the really? ones you recorded in your apartment? Yeah, I mean, I oh, sold wow. a lot of them. My dad still listens to that CD. <laughs> like, my dad still listens to that CD. Like, to to know, and, that, and that's a tribute that's to, like, good songwriting. Is go. like, even if it sounds shitty and the recording quality is bad, like, if it's a good song, people are still going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, like, if you could have done it, polished it up a little bit better, maybe, like, it would have been better, but it's, they're still good songs, you know? There's a testament to, um, like, you were talking about just a little earlier, it's like, you want to hold off, you always want to wait, you always want to wait, I don't think I should do that, there's something to be said about going and doing it and just getting it done, getting onto onto the album or getting it recorded, putting it out there, just, just do it, and do it, just do it. Don't overthink it. Well, and that was interesting because, like, I'd be over there helping you on some guitar parts, and you'd have to be like, wait, hold on, we got to pause, like, as a train goes by. Like, (laughs) Uh, hold on, we got to (laughs) stop. The train's going by. We don't want that on the recording. (laughs) Yep. Right next to the tracks. Right next to the tracks. (laughs) So, like, so you said you did acoustic music right off the bat. Did you ever at any point stop playing music? Uh, yeah, I've heard you talk about that totally, when you, when you, uh, and that's like what I was talking about earlier, you know, just stepping back for mm-hmm. a little ways going, I got to find my bearings, mm-hmm. find out what I, what it is I actually, I'm an adult now. what direction I want to go. Um, and, uh, you know, what kind of music do I want to play and write? I mean, I would do silly things like play the wrong songs in front of the wrong audience <laughs> or controversial subjects yeah, in, front who cares, of sil- right? in front of you know audiences that didn't want to hear that stuff <laughs> and you know uh just finding out what the what the best way to sort of package the product that you're giving to the world i mean a, a acoustic musician isn't gonna package their thing very differently than a metal musician hey, totally or very differently than the pork tortoise yeah. um and uh yeah i think that's just stepping back and going and uh, what do I want to do with music too? Because people have very different ideas of where they want to go with music. You know, do you want to be that touring band that goes around and is in this a bus is my with full career. five other smelly dudes yeah. and traveling the country, or do you want to? Is it cool to just be a weekends thing? Right. That's cool too. That's what I love about the Cedar Rapids music scene that you've put together. Is it's bringing together all those people? Is that it really is? a sort of meeting place to go like what are people doing who do want to do it on a massive scale 
you know, the Elizabeth von Fresleys or the people who are putting together super polished stuff and who are, you know, and, and who wants to just, just play some tunes, play some tunes, you know, all that is awesome. Well, and so like you, you did your acoustic stuff. I know you did the the party band stuff a lot. Then you kind of came back into the acoustic scene. Um, and then it was interesting enough. Uh, Jake Cody mm-hmm. was buying a bass amp from Corey Talbot of the Pork Tornadoes. <laughs> and this is just so weird, man, because I had recently reconnected with Caleb and he was talking about how I'm like, what have you been up to? He's like, oh, I'm playing solo stuff. But also last weekend I filled in on vocals for a Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band from like California or something like that. <laughs> they're, they're old friends of yours or whatever, but they came through. Didn't they just yeah, come through so- town? Euphorchestra used to live in Iowa yes, City. Yes, that's who it Euphorchestra's was. Euphorchestra's big jam yep. Afro-Cuban band mm-hmm. from Iowa City. They run Camp Euphoria yep. every year. They all moved to Fort Collins, Colorado like 10 years ago. Their percussionist was the lead singer for this Chili Peppers band with a few friends of mine. All from Colorado, right? Uh, no, these are all Iowa City guys. They all still live here. Uh, Puma <laughs> oh, and yeah, Michael right, Fett right. and uh, Adam Grasso. Yep. And so Matt Grunstad would come back when they'd do like a Euphorchestra yeah. gig. He'd come back and just sing Chili Peppers. Why not make extra bucks yeah, while we're here? Have a yacht club show. And uh, he couldn't. So he make couldn't it. make it back one time. They're like, "Do you want to do Blood Sugar Sex Magic album?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Because yes. I had, <laughs> I had like ten years ago just messed around with it a little oh, totally. bit with them, and then I think you know whatever happened. And uh, so I, I covered. Uh, just this one show, yeah, and then it was one, like it was literally the next week. You, you were me. like, "There's some other Chili Peppers band yeah. in Cedar Rapids." So Jake that wants Cody to tells me, "I'm like, well, hey Jake, nice to meet you. What are what are you doing?" He goes, "Well, I'm in this band. It's an instrumental Red Hot Chili Peppers cover band." I'm like, "Well, first of all, that's super cool. Like, I love Chili Peppers, but also like." instrumental that's sort of weird <laughs> is it more like you just haven't found the right sign the right vocalist and he's like yeah you know like we're just starting up like we don't really know what's going on i go well funny enough i know, I know a dude a who like legitly already knows the songs and it was funny when you told me you filled in on chili peppers i'm like oh shit you're like one of the only dudes in my mind that could pull off the Ketis type because mm-hmm. that's a weird Ketis is totally in a league of his own as far as his style and his, his the way he sings and his range and his yeah. his uh, rhythmic, you know, like I mean, it's essentially like rapping and singing kind of. Yeah, right? the, yeah. they uh, he had a book out recently, um, scar tissue. Yeah, and he was talking about how really he's like a rapper, essentially. Like, yeah. Then he had to learn to kind of do more melodious stuff, yeah. which is strange because now you listen, it's like it's super melodious. It, like, it's no rapping and oh, just yeah. melodious. Um, but when yeah, when those guys when you hooked me up with those guys, um, I just it's something I've always wanted to do is put down an instrument and just be able to focus on yeah. lyric or on vocals and and because it just frees you up so much more to focus and to project your voice and to play with the audience a little bit more. Like I'm not the greatest with like pedals and having like four <laughs> things to like <laughs> vocals and pedals and guitar and all that stuff. Um, so to be able to put down that has been both the most fun stage experience ever just cuz it's such high energy music and also the most challenging thing I've really? ever done in my life no, hands down i mean just because of the lyrical I, content and like how 
how much you got to learn lyrically. It's just so uh, so diverse, and he's. I think maybe he's got a little higher range than me as well. Probably. So I'm really like pushing myself on a lot of the songs, and there's certain songs where I'm just like, I'm not gonna go butcher that song. So we're, we're just, just not, not gonna, gonna do, do that one. one. Um, but that has been awesome about it. It's been super challenging, um, and we've got to meet some of the coolest cover bands. Um, well, yeah. So so they rock and freaking Potamus is what they became, yeah. and and you guys, I think it's so cool that you got into this this whole tribute kind of revival thing. Cause it's been cool. Like you want to go see, you want to go see a show. I get to see chili peppers and Foo Fighters and green day, like all on the same night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's so cool, man. And I think that's why so many people are gravitating to it. Like, do you feel, do you feel that you guys have had some success and that like people are really digging on it and, and it's, it's growing. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one thing I'll definitely say, being an acoustic original singer-songwriter <laughs> guy, is it's a lot easier to get people out to Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute come night. come listen to my than, folk music. Hey, come listen to my songs you've never heard. songs about life <laughs> and everyday people. Life, love, and <laughs> women happiness. out <laughs> how, was, uh, how was Uptown Friday Nights? How was your experience at that? That was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I just... It's just, you know, big stage, a lot of room to move around. Yep. I like to move around a lot, being I don't have a guitar or anything <laughs> I got to hold on to. And uh, it was just a blast. Yeah. What's yeah. your What's your favorite show? Um, I'm going to ask you twofold. What's your favorite rock and freaking Fatimus show that you guys have played? And what's your favorite ever, like, acoustic show you've ever played? Uh, I think the... Favorite rock and freak Potamus show could be the Gas Lamp in Des Moines. Uh, that's a great venue. It was like it was just packed, and we were with the Weezer guys. Cool. The See, Hash Des Moines has its own like group of tribute bands that aren't really crossing over. You know, there's an Incubus one. I hear. Oh, wow. I want to see that so bad. That would be. Interesting. I've oh, heard yeah. they're awesome. The, wow. But sorry, keep going. No, um, we played with uh, a Hack Sabbath. Those guys were pretty sweet. Um, American Dookie yep. and the Fresh Fighters, and um, I forget who else. It seems like there's more than that. Nirvomit. Nirvomit. Yep. And uh, Nivrana was an out of town one that we played with <laughs> at uh, Gabe's. It and seems like there could be a circuit created here between tribute bands. Oh, totally. To where you guys almost need your own music scene group to be like, okay, boys and girls, here's how we're going to do this. I heard there's a, um, we've talked about this before, there's a No Doubt one in the works. Oh, oh no yeah. Doubt I would band, right which would be super yes. cool. That would be dope. What's your favorite acoustic show you've ever played? Uh, My favorite acoustic show, um, I really don't know. I mean, uh, there are a lot of like unique. smaller, chill shows. Um didn't you guys play the Jody Coates stuff live, though, like one night for like a... We did, at the Stone City at General the Stone Store. At Stone City General, that's that, pretty cool. Actually, that was probably just so emotionally... The most meaningful. Yeah, I mean, it was like bringing him back to the General Store for one night, you know, to just yeah. have a... And we had an open mic, too, after we played oh, cool. his tunes. We're like, well, we're going to bring up other people who knew Jody to play songs that they remember about Jody. And that was really moving, you know, yeah. to just see all those other people that he affected their lives. Because he was just introducing musicians to musicians in a little yeah. tiny t- rural town, you know what I mean? Well, and Jody, in case we didn't touch on that, Jody Coates was the the 
the non-biological father figure that Caleb was talking about earlier. But I only met him once. Uh, he was rolling around in his wheelchair in the ped mall one time. And you're like, and I was with you, and I'm like, oh shit, hey man, nice to meet you. And he was like the most happiest dude ever, you know. Which God, like, if I lost the ability to play music, do you know, like, I would fall down a hole, man, mm-hmm. of depression, you know. It was intense to watch him, and there was a lot of ups and downs. I'm in sure those there years. was, man. Um, but there was plenty of times where you know he'd just get like a maraca. You know, and he would literally just go to a party of his buddies who they got a stage in the backyard and he'd roll up there and, you know, he'd sing with my brother and and, uh, my brother would play guitar and he'd shake that maraca, you know, and he just did whatever he could. I mean, I guess he had no... (laughs) He just didn't care, right? No. He just said, here, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to make do with what we got. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty inspiring. And he was just uh, one of those guys that was real goofy sense of humor and stuff anyway. Yep. And uh, so sometimes you wondered if his things were lessons or if they were like just, <laughs> or just uh, nothing at all. Yeah. It was like Confucius Mr. Miyagi type things. Type yeah. stuff where you're like, is that is there even a lesson in there or did that not <laughs> even know. make sense? I'm not sure. <laughs> all right, more questions. Do you prefer? Being in a full band or just being by yourself? Uh, I I just prefer both so much. They're both t- so different. So that- different. And that's what I really have liked about Rock and Freakopotamus is that it's not about me. Right. And it's not about like just, oh, I'm up there doing this thing. It's like a whole band and I just get to jump around and have fun. And uh it's totally different than sitting around it with totally an acoustic is, guitar. If, you were, if it's just you by yourself on a stage with a guitar, everyone is focused on you, and one mistake vocally or guitar, everybody knows that it happens. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel comfort in being. That's why I don't do drum solos. Like, fuck drum solos. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I want to be a member of this group of people playing music where we all work together. Like I, I could, I would be terrified to be on a stage by myself. I would be terrified. <laughs> I could play in front of twenty thousand people as long as my bandmates are on stage with me. But I fantasize no. about it, but I've never done it before. So yeah, <laughs> you will, son. You will. You will <laughs> follow my teachings. <laughs> uh, but it what, also it, it makes me uh, want to make original music, though. I yeah. mean, playing you know fifteen shows or whatever we've done in a year and so here. Uh, you also go, oh man, wait, there, like, I gotta make sure and like have time for my own stuff too, because uh, playing one band's music also is like not very diverse. Totally. I mean, so you, you kind of want to. It's made me more inspired to write stuff and to sit in my basement and work on my acoustic guitar. Well, you'd be a good guy to ask though too. I mean, this whole debate. It, everything always comes back to covers versus originals, man. <laughs> I knew man. it was going to come here. <laughs> everything goes to covers and originals. And, like, I'm in the variety of just, like, dude, do what you want. Like, who cares? Playing music's great. But, I mean, like, what are what are your opinions on that that epic battle of covers versus originals? I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, uh, <laughs> Just the idea that we all didn't grow up learning covers. First of all, that's how we all learned to play whatever instrument we were doing. Whether you're classically trained or whatever, aren't you reading sheet music of other people's music to get to where you're going? And then, like, 
like I said, who doesn't love like singing a song they love on the radio or in their car or There's something a by themselves? It's a popular song, because right? you're it's like good pumped to sing it. Yeah, and um, it also that's what you know. Songs are derivative of the other songs a lot of times because people are learning from other people. I mean, yeah. we're not reinventing the wheel here. No. Yeah, um, and uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a reason to even to have a debate because yeah, I have always like, so this is a terrible question. Um, <laughs> well, it's just like the debate when people go like country music sucks or mumble rap sucks or whatever it is they hate. It's like, I just always, I don't know. I, you know, in like middle school or something, it was like nobody cared about any of that crap. Nobody. Everyone just listened to everything that was popular yeah. or whatever. All across Why all genres. Why are we drawing lands in the, lines in the sand here? Mm-hmm. I've just always thought that every kind of music has something positive to teach us about a certain part of music or about, like, you know, even if it's a horrible song, we've all had that part where, oh, listen to this but half a minute, though, part, right yeah. here, oh. which is incredible. Yeah, you know? exactly. So maybe the whole rest of the song is trash. But still, but that one dope, part, right? you're like, oh, wait, turn this up real quick. Yeah. You don't have to, and, and the other, you don't have to love everything like you're saying. It's just like, it's like, oh, at least give it a shot. Don't hate it. You know what I mean? At least yeah. give it a shot. Like, I, yeah. I struggle with that. I, I've always struggled with it. I, I was the guy that was like, yeah, you know, cover bands suck like i was that guy i was that guy when i was in original bands and then as of recently of the last five to decade years i've been like modern country music is the worst you know like i will be i kind of agree with you there, I, I agree yes but also Stadium i'm trying country. to change i'm trying to change and i'm trying to say yeah it is stupid i hate it but also like more power to these motherfuckers who are doing it because <laughs> yeah. they're smart as hell. Yeah. And look at their, they're packing these stadiums and they're making a career out of music. So like mm-hmm. they got to have, I, I'm trying to attest it. Like me hating modern country music is like an original band hating the pork tornadoes. I, I feel like that's the same thing. And that's why I'm trying to be conscious of it. Cause like, man, fuck those guys. They're playing Taylor Swift songs. It's like, but also, like, they're playing in front of huge crowds and making exactly. some pretty good money at it. Yeah. So, like, congrats to those guys. And I'm, I'm trying to be better about that because more power to anybody who's playing music for a living, you know? Like, who cares what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a... Uh, it is crazy that, that, that there's even really a debate on that. I mean, some people want to, uh, you know, want to... Some people get into music and then they realize that, you know, maybe music isn't their side. Maybe it's the recording or the engineering or the songwriting. Uh, That kind of brings me back to, I know, like, when you were in Iowa City, you had your guys, you know, the Will Whitmores or whatever you looked up to. There's a guy named Chris Gelbuda in Iowa City, and uh, I don't want to just name drop and blow smoke up Chris's ass. Because he's probably not even listening anyway. (laughs) He's got better things to do. (laughs) But that was... uh, that was my guy where I was like, I actually met him at the yacht club and, uh, I saw he played some sublime tunes or something. I was like, Oh, it's about the 10th anniversary of Bradley Knoll's death. We should put on like a sublime tribute up here. You know, and I don't know, a month goes by or something. Suddenly there's flyers up everywhere. It's like secondhand smoke, sublime tribute. It's Chris Galbuda. He's yeah, just that like, was my idea. Th- no, I didn't. He was clearly, Better equipped than me. <laughs> anyway, it didn't matter. I was like, 
Wow. But so, yeah, Chris Gelbuda <laughs> was just a guy, lived in Illinois, one of those Chicago kids who came to Iowa City yep. for, for college, uh, hung out for a few years, played the Sublime Tribute shows down there all the time. And then uh, he moved to Nashville. He, he decided to write 30 acoustic songs in 30 days. Did that. Amazing songs. Somehow submitted this, leveraged it into a... a uh, recording engineer job at right, a big yellow dog yeah. in nashville right now um this guy has he he wrote like i'm gonna lose you with megan trainer and john legend okay mm-hmm. uh wingman for billy currington um he, he wrote two or three of the other songs on megan trainer's album her big, huge, multi-platinum selling so album. He's, he's making a career. This is one of those guys who just was a guy at the yacht club, and now he is an amazing singer-songwriter. Yeah. Actually, I'd love to hear him make an album. He made a five-album or five-song EP a while back that was incredible. You know, but but he found his niche. He right? found his niche, yeah. which was the recording end, the business end, and also like he like flies to the Bahamas and everywhere just <laughs> entertaining tourists at beautiful attractions <laughs> sometimes like cuz he's made those connections and stuff and it's a guy who he could be anything he wanted to be. He yeah. could be the acoustic singer-songwriter guy. He could be he actually just went on tour with Phil Lesh and them guys were the Grateful Dead. Yeah. You know like yeah. I mean He's playing guitar for his idols. He's writing songs with, um, you know, the guys from the Allman Brothers. You know, I mean, he's just writing with tons of different people. And it's just that. So he literally just made it happen. That's the story of the guy I knew who became something awesome. Right. You know, and it's cool to see that stuff happen. But don't you think it's really easy to hate on that, too? It's easy to hate on that. And it's also easy to think everyone's gonna turn out like and that's that. that's part of the problem sometimes right is because maybe they're both linked probably they might be maybe that's why you hate on it because you can't do that you know? i just have nothing but respect for it because i'm not that great at the technical or uh electronic end of the business but when i see somebody who's unbelievably talented like that and can go from being in a sublime tribute in iowa city to producing multi-platinum records right is no. just there's nothing but awe and respect for that. It's so sell cool. out. Nope, yeah. sell out. Fuck, nope. Sell out. <laughs> nope. Sell out. <laughs> you probably played Nouveau Evolve. Yeah. <laughs> uh and that's that's a great point, man. Uh, you you got to just like know that there's so it's just there's so many people playing music that the chances of all of us making it famous are not going to happen, you know? And I think the the sooner you can realize that cuz did you ever think when you were 17, 18, that you were going to be like a famous musician? Like, did that ever cross your mind? Or I think like everybody's just like writing songs going, all right, I'm just going to push this. And then sooner or later, I'm just going to arrive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that was just the naivete that I had as a, you know, a kid was like, oh, but I have, I also don't know anything. (laughs) So like, I can't even forge a path from point A to point B. Um, I think that's what people see often, though, is they see point A where they are and point B where they want to be where, as a like a rock star, quote unquote, or what their make it is. And they don't realize how long of a road it is from A to B. It is yeah. a long road. Nobody know, And nobody publicizes and, what no, that road was. No, absolutely not. Like, yeah, you we, don't hear about that. You hear about all you ever all people ever see is 
where they are and the success stories that they want to be yep. like. You know, and that's I think totally. what people get caught up at. And caught then up you in. don't even notice that they don't even talk. You see the the glamorous of the full time musician, Correct. but you don't see the work that gets put in behind mm-hmm. it too. You know, we had a guy um telling us uh, a couple weeks ago, like we met him at a show and he's like, Man, it must be amazing. You guys just show up and you make all this money and and like, man, you've come so far, but like, wow, like this is so easy. It's like, well, actually, it's actually been harder the last two to three years than it's ever been for for our band to show up and play a 90-minute set. You know, yeah. like we've got payroll now and we've got techs and we've yeah. got needs to have this amount of time before and after shows to make sure things are happening. We've got to hire production and we've got to contracts and you know it just you start becoming a manager and not only a musician yeah there's a lot more to it and it's it's just nuts because like you you almost pick your level where you want to be and where your contentment is because i think i think you're like caleb you went from maybe hoping i'm going to be super huge to just being like this is great man i've got a great life i've got a great i own a company I'm playing. I'm writing and playing original music. I'm playing in a cover band. I'm making a little bit of money while I do it. Like I feel like you're, you're fairly happy with where you're at right now, right? Yeah, I really am. I mean, uh, I just want to create more music and and put it out there and collaborate with more people. I'd love I'd love to do a project where I play where I don't have an instrument and I sing. Many more band songs, yeah. not just one band song. Um, but yeah, I'd like to just keep putting music out there. And, you know, if it does catch on with, with certain people, either locally or regionally, or, you know, I'll just take it one step yeah. at a time and see where I want to go with it. Um, I think people get an idea in their head where they just want to, like, be somewhere, be somebody. And it's like, there is a lot. The difference between me and Chris Galbuda is he put in tens of thousands of hours in a studio plugging away, you know, with everyone he could get in front of. And uh, I was starting to clean a company in Iowa City. So that's that's the difference. It is hard work, you know, that's going to be the difference. There's no band around here that you see that's doing insane numbers that's, just like hanging out and yeah. not, you know and and doesn't have their shit together. Right. I, I just don't believe that exists. I don't think there's people out there that are just you know just happened. Wow. Yeah. I was on the street I just don't saw believe me, that. and now I'm here. Yeah. It's not Mark Wahlberg from Rockstar here, you know. Right. Like, it's right. not it's not gonna happen. <laughs> well and you know I, I'll be I'll be dude, I've been honest and forthright in everything we've done in this group and I will tell you that in my haste to try to build the pork tornadoes and want more and more, I sometimes don't enjoy, I don't stop and go, this is so fun. Like this show, like sometimes a show will be over and I'll be like, Oh man, that was a great show. Great show. But then I'll look at video and pictures from afterwards and be like, I just played that show. Holy shit. Like, look at that crowd. Look at these people. And I almost didn't stop to enjoy it while we were playing the show. Cause I was like thinking about other stuff and, okay, yeah, let's do this, let's do this, hopefully this works fine, and what about this song? It's like, no, sometimes you just got to relax, man. Like, when are you going to get to a point to when you're like, did it, I made it? You're never going to get to that point. 
Well, that's a broader thing with just like social media and stuff nowadays. And like living in the moment is harder than it's, it's ever so been. It's so hard, man. And, I've been uh, checking my phone every time you've been talking. You're so- <laughs> I'm not even listening to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're the kind of guy who's just an organizer. Yeah, you're that- a guy who like wants to have all the eyes dotted and the T's yep. crossed to make sure everything's there. So the part of the time you're like playing drums while you're like thinking about, you know, I'm like, like looking at our Ableton and looking at the video screen behind me, make sure, okay, is everything synced up? Everything looks good. Okay, great. Now what am I, are we on beat here? Is he going to play that part when he's supposed to play this part? Like, no, fuck that. <laughs> like, how about you just have a good time? Yeah. But that, those are things that I think we can all work on, man. It's just being in the moment and making sure that you're just enjoying where you're at. Like keep putting the work in. You're going to go somewhere. But also, what if you don't? What if you finally hit that, this is as high as we're going to go, and then you start going back down again? Are you going to regret that you didn't enjoy when you were at the, at your peak, you know? Yeah. That kind of makes me want to ask a question, like, is it because you feel like you're not, like, entitled to appreciate it right now or something? You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, like... Uh, well, I I haven't earned it yet to be able to sit back and. No, I th- I think I have earned it. Okay. I just that's how my fucking insane brain works. Yeah. Is like I'm <laughs> always planning for more. Like, what's the next? Yes. What's the next. What's the next show? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the guy that. Um, okay, so this upcoming weekend, let's say there's something fun happening this weekend, but I'm thinking about okay, what's happening next weekend? Mm-hmm. Like that's how my brain works, you know. Okay. Yep. And and that's not just a music thing; that's just a life it's thing. A like I things, think yeah. that's just my personality, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to make a better uh, conscious effort of just enjoying wh- our journey and where we're at. And what if it all we're like one racist tweet away from from <laughs> from not being a famous band again? You know, like <laughs> not that we say that before. Not that's that we're, funny that you have to even think about that. that but I, when yeah. you said it, I was like. Oh shit! He has to think about that. You got to think about that. Like, like people want people want you to fail. Yeah. And what if, like, none of us are racist. We're actually the greatest dudes in the world. But like, what if somebody said something eight years ago that was terribly inappropriate in today's day and age? Like, mm-hmm. that's just the world we live in. So yeah. you know, and by no means am I comparing myself to like somebody that people would call out something I said on Twitter eight years ago, but right. <laughs> not running for president right now. I, not, not yet. Not yet. Mayor soon, yet. but yeah. not president. Right. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. I'm going for governor of Cedar Rapids in governor. 2022. <laughs> Dope. All right. I'll, I'll jot that down. Official Thank title. you so Put much. Put that in the calendar. <laughs> Caleb, there's one thing that I was going to ask you about that I know has been a game changer for you. How do you feel about IEM monitors, you know, inner ear monitors? That's just something that, it's like I didn't even really realize how big of a deal it was. I mean, I don't play with them in my acoustic shows and no, stuff because no I'm usually like interacting with the audience yeah. and stuff like that, and you can't really hear with in-ear monitors. And but uh, on the Chili Peppers thing, it's just I remember having practices where you know at the end of an hour I would just be totally done, and um, after them, I mean, you know, a couple hours or two hours of Chili Peppers just. <coughs> Not having all that noise on stage and everything has been incredibly. I mean, I wish I'd have done it. Does everybody in your band use in ear monitors or just? Uh, no, Jake uses in ears as well. Um, our drummer and our guitar player don't. Um, some of some of the bands around here just everybody uses them. Yeah. Um, some people are on a click track even, yeah. and then. Uh, 
but uh, every time I see some guy like up there just screaming into a microphone for like an hour and a half, I'm like, how do you even do that? Maybe <laughs> I'm just a pussy. And, no, like, it's, I can't, it's not. Like, it's just hang you, or something. You can totally hang. But, you could do it. You know, you could. But when you find a better alternative to save your voice, to save your hearing, to make it easier for you, like, of course, you're going to go that route, right? The idea of working harder or working smarter, you know? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> no doubt about it. And just the ears not ringing the next oh day God. is, oh, my God. It's, it's kind of so like when great. cigarette smoke was okay in bars. <laughs> and like you just analogy. this is just what it is you know and then you go home the next day and you wake up smelling like cigarettes you're like well whatever i was at a bar right but then when that went away and you could actually wake up the next morning and just be like normal smelling yeah you would never want to go back to that and that's how like in-ear monitors are for me i will sometimes a certain part in the song pull out one ear so i can hear the crowd and then I start hearing how loud my symbols are and shit. I'm like, put this back in my ear. <laughs> this is terrible. I hate this. Yeah. You know, I think I think it's uh, it's something that at least every singer should try to to try to check into because being able to hear yourself at a controlled volume, taking away uh, monitors on on stage, reducing the stage volume. Dude, it's 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 a hell of a thing once you get used to it. And the clarity is just incredible. At a couple of shows where you know just the the, the sound guy just got it and perfect, and everything was perfectly balanced. I mean, it's like, oh wow, I'm just I'm just hearing me clear as a yep. bell. Mm-hmm. I'm not singing you over slide anything. Above the rest of everything else, you know, I can actually pull back the lyrics a little spit so that I can actually make it through the song. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it's just way better. Well, and so like you have a sound guy mon, you have a sound guy mix you whoever's running sound for that show. Yep. Um, so have you ever run into a situation where they're like, "Oh, I don't know how to do this," or, or I don't know how to give you a feed or how to mix this properly for you? No, it seems like everybody's uh, worked with other in ear monitor yeah. folks. I, I haven't really run into anybody in the last year and a half that was like, "I don't know where to plug this in or what to do with this." Will they give you stereo mixes like uh, and pan things for you and stuff like that? Oh, I guess they could. I never, I never Dude, asked that, for it. That's but. the next step. Like once you've gotten used to these ears, you're like, "Cool, I hear everything." Um, so like we have stereo mixes. So if I'm sitting here, my snare drum and kick drum are in the middle. My rack tom slightly left, my floor tom slightly right, my hi hat's a little further left. Corey is over here on the left, Mason is over here on the right. Jerry's like here. Vocals are panned to where they would be on stage, that's and it great. creates it creates properly a, queued up and everything exactly. Man, and, and EQs are great, and it creates this like uh, it gives you even more depth of the sound and more like. Um, even more clarity and you can listen your ear fatigue goes away even a little bit better because you're you're feeling spatial elements of the stage like you used to um so that there are so and then there's like there's apparently some stuff that will this is well beyond anything i've ever considered (laughs) but there are these things that will allow you to create your stage layout (coughs) and so however your head is turned it knows how your head is turned, so it knows oh where to God. move <laughs> where to move your space. Like I don't even know how that works, or if I would even want to go down that road. But oh. there are there are things that exist that will allow you to do that. So wow, that's just insane. once you get something, you can just keep diving down a rabbit hole, can't you? <laughs> that's oh, yeah. the way it all is. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I stick with the acoustic guitar. Don't have to worry about it. Yep, stuff. acoustic no, guitar, just... one wedge, one guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know, man. So what's your like what's your opinion on the way the scene is right now? Uh I think that y- the Cedar Rapids music scene podcast and just like the the whole Facebook group, I think has really done you know, a lot to just tell everyone else who's out there playing music. I mean, I'm from Iowa City, so I mean the Cedar Rapids scene, I didn't know exactly who was playing this or that or that style or whatever. I wasn't aware of everybody who's playing music in Cedar Rapids. So just, um, there was that one post where you had where people could, yeah. you know, throw up a throw video or something. Or something. Yeah. Super cool that there's just, you know, one thread for that or something. I also love that you can't have advertising please, so that everybody can't please just don't tell me throw about up show. all over the page. <laughs> um, but just, I think like something like the gas lamp in Des Moines where we have this, you know, $10, $15 cover, like you've said on the podcast before, nobody blinks nope, an eye. they didn't, did they? You know, everybody actually gets paid at the end of the yep. night, you know, and uh, the crowd had a great time and and all that stuff. I think you sort of steering this ocean liner slightly to the $5 <laughs> for cover Just in Cedar Rapids is, you know, and maybe that can go up later in three maybe? or four years or something when people get... I think it's important that people are invested in what they're hearing, yeah. that they're not just saying, oh, I'm just going down to the bar and there happens to be a band, so I get this shit for free. It's like, I like that people are just investing a little bit and saying, I mean, bit. I don't think there's any reason why if you put up something decent on Facebook, people aren't going to be willing to come right? give you five bucks to play it. Five bucks. I just don't. I think that's doing a great thing for just steering this giant ocean liner slightly. Yeah, it's a beast, man, and the rudders are One, like rusty. Yeah. yeah. The steering wheel doesn't work very well. Stubborn as hell, but hey, we'll get there eventually. Was that Kale that said, uh, it was somebody that said, we're t- we need to get to a point where you're not going to a bar and, oh, there happens to be a band playing. It's you're going to see a band play that there's also a bar. It happens at. to be a bar. That happens you're, to be a bar. It's at a bar. Yes. It's at a bar. Yes, that's absolutely. that's where we need to get, and then maybe that's some maybe then that will lead into a better live music venue like Woolies, like we've yeah. discussed, where there's just this national bands can come through and locals can play, and but I think we're getting there. I mean, dude, it's only been like six months or something yeah. like that, you know, and hopefully people just keep we'll keep doing this shit until yeah. people don't care anymore. But it's, it's I'm just glad that I've got to meet so many other musicians yeah, right? and yeah. see so many other acts that are local. Um, like I wouldn't have gone to sign Young the Lion yeah, right. at Mount Vernon unless they'd they have been great, able right? to post that yeah. you know one video. And I was like, oh, this is great. Um, I really wish that there was something similar for Iowa City or that uh, somehow you could grow these communities well, the, together because we really are kind of one community. That's um, what I would... It needs somebody with rapport, not someone like me. So well, a Luke Tweedy or a... Right. You know, somebody who who's... You know, been in the music, the recording studios down right. there, or a venue, or a Scott Cading type, mm-hmm. somebody like that who has been in the thick of it for 10, 15 years, um, or or just you getting some of those people on That's, this podcast, you know, I who might want to tell what their ideas on the Iowa City scene. Because right. I think both to Iowa Cityans and to Cedar Rapids, the Iowa City scene is. Nobody really knows what like nobody ever knows what the Iowa yeah. City. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I think 
I'd love to know just as much about the Iowa City scene <laughs> as Cedar there. Rapids. <laughs> and also get introduced to tons of musicians that way, too, and see more I stuff in that area. I regret calling it the Cedar Rapids music scene podcast halfway. I, I think it's... It, naturally, it should happen, of course. Yes. Not in the forced idea, but it, I think it could eventually become something along the lines of the corridor music yeah. scene, the Eastern Iowa. It, Eastern it can Iowa. grow. It can, can grow. grow. And it, think, it should happen naturally, you know, and, and I think it is, though. Yeah, it, that's a good point, man. If, if anybody out there knows of, of somebody that's prominent in the Iowa City scene that's been around for a long time or is in a, one of the premier bands in the Iowa City scene, we'd, like, we'd love to get them on the podcast and talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Because so, I always do feel like we're one city. I mean, I do. It's, I do. Dude, we're the same. We're everybody the, up here has been incredibly welcoming to, you know, to myself. And uh, I mean, every all the mis- musicians I've met around here have been. Yeah. Yeah. I live in Coralville, man, but I, I spend three, four days a week up here. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, like it is. It's like one city. The commute is like any normal person has in a large city anywhere in this Someday country. Someday they'll Easy, go to six know? lanes on 380 exactly. instead of four. Yeah. And they're going to have to do that sooner or later. Correct. Maybe a train line between the two. That'd be great. <laughs> Maybe a, well, Dance More is is back up in Swisher, Iowa. That's what Iowa. they're saying. So that's your that's your There's middle your of the link. road there. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, mm-hmm. man. Caleb was good having you, man. I'd like to propose one other thing, maybe. One more thing. One more. Here we go. S- a segment. We'll maybe. see if we cut this out of the podcast. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to start a segment that's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> no, I thought. You know, we talk a lot about all the people around here. Um, and maybe just highlight a couple of musicians that we've seen come through the area or that are going to be in the area that we've been really digging on. You mean like out-of-town bands? Yeah. Stuff like that? Just like regional bands yeah. or something that might come through that's, hey, hey, go check this out next yeah. month or whatever. What do you think? So I got you a got couple somebody? Of, we got teamed up with a bluegrass folk band with our Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute totally seems at natural. the Yacht Club yep, for whatever natural. reason <laughs> many months ago. But there was this... Band called Good Morning Bedlam. Okay. Three piece, violin, stand up bass, and acoustic guitar. Incredible. They're going to be at the famous Mockingbird in Cedar Rapids on. Uh, Marion, technically. Marion, yeah. Yep. On October 3rd. They're incredible. They just put out an album. Amazing. The Marcus King Band is like blues, Stevie Ray Vaughn sort of style. They're going to be at Gabe's on September 28th. Ooh. And then there's this band called The Native Howl, which is like thrash bluegrass. Okay. <laughs> okay. That we just saw at the Yacht Club was incredible, but I don't know. That, I just wanted to throw that out there as a, a few regional bands you might want to check out. What do yeah. you What do you think? You got anybody coming from out of town maybe or somebody that? Not at the moment, uh, but I like the idea though because I think it, I think it promotes the idea of getting out and – we we all love each other. We all know how much we love each other and stuff. But I think that promotes even more, like even further, those folks that are coming through. That's another thing, yeah. especially for I, I don't know if they're original or local or uh, or cover or whatever they are. All kind three of original, actually. all three original. Yeah. So I mean, that's obviously that's a huge opportunity for any original bands to listening maybe get on a- to start listening to other bands that are regional, so you can start st- trading shows with them. Yeah. Totally. I don't Try see why that is a bad idea can, at right? all. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll touch on one, not that it's an out-of-town, but um, our, our guest from two episodes ago, uh, go William Elliott Whitmore, is going to be at the Englert mm. in Iowa City, October 6th. 
um, with Dave Moore. Um, I don't know if anybody's oh, cool, yeah. ever seen him, but he's, uh, from what you hear on the podcast of him just being this genuinely mm-hmm. nice, oh man, you're so great, you know? <laughs> like, he is a true changes personality when he gets on stage. He is just in your face and just, ah, uh, like you can feel the, 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 and the fury and like, I mean, that dude is passionate about what he does. So that would Love be it. a really cool show to go to. Yes. Well, when, when was that? Say one October more time. 6th at the Anglert. October right. 6th Englert. at the Englert. And we already discussed in our last episode, we, uh, we got the, uh, soul Sherpa boys doing yes. a show at the Englert as well Yep. They, with a bunch of local artists. I think Jake Cody might be involved in that. Oh, maybe awesome. mm-hmm. I know, uh, Jeremy Jacobs is, yep. Jeremy Jacobs is, um, uh, trees uh, reach Duchess, is trees involved reach. in that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lots of great bands, lots of great local bands. So, um, yeah. So definitely need to look, check that out, uh, and, and look for it on Facebook. Well, so. I think that's about it, man. I appreciate you coming by. Hey, thanks yeah. so much for having me, man. You got to check out it. Caleb Ryder. Do you have all your original solo stuff anywhere? Is that on YouTube, some of it? I'm putting together a lot of it now. Okay, get I'm... that shit together. I want people to understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want that old recording out to the public so they can hear it <laughs> of that first CD. <laughs> yeah. Go check out Rockin' Freakin' Potamus. You'll be, it's one of the many bands that um, has the material to be tributed but not many people can do it. Mm. And I think a lot of that comes down to all the musicians in your band, especially yourself, too, being able to pull off that material. So, Well, they back it up well. They do, man. I, it's just, yeah. It's... Those are three very, or four very unique styles in one band that you need to nail or else yeah. it's not going to I get work. to just stand up there and like sing as if I'm singing over the record yeah. pretty much, yeah. so it makes it easy <laughs> for me. <laughs> but uh, I know their parts are a lot harder. So. You got any shows coming up? Uh, we're playing in, uh, the gas lamp, uh, with the fresh fighters in December. Um, I think anything Cedar Rapids related. Uh, I think 30 hop in Cedar Rapids is open up pretty soon. Yeah, it's coming soon. Next uh, couple weeks. I think we did their Iowa city thing. Cool. And, uh, so I think we're going to do a show up there as well. We'll get them on the old Facebook rock and freaking potamus. Yeah. Caleb Ryder. Do you have a Facebook page yourself? Like not a Caleb Ryder music. Caleb Ryder music. Caleb Ryder. Yep. Caleb Ryder. Tom, what do you got? AJ, anything good? Personal plugs. Yeah. I get get the plugs. Dude, Wolf Den wears, uh, if you guys, I've had I've seen plenty of people so asking about people asking about shirts. screen printing shirts. Like I'm like I love working with bands. It's one of the reasons why I started doing exactly what I do. If you need some shirts, I would love to make a really nice product for you for a great price. So um, I do that exclusively for bands that I will do that for you. If you so. don't have merch, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> you have no. Yeah, that's very upsetting. You're ki- you're kicked out of the scene <laughs> yeah. until you have merch. So yeah, hit me up. Hit me up there. Wolfpack Productions. It's where we do these podcasts. If you got a podcast you want to record, come on in. I'll record you. Oh, yeah. uh, if you got some music, man, come let us just work with some other great musicians uh, to get your stuff recorded too. So. Dope. Yep. Well, that was our first artist spotlight, man. We'll see if all the thumbs down start coming down. Yeah. Never again. Don't do artist spotlight. Then <laughs> we'll just never do it again. Negativity. <laughs> I appreciate you coming by, man. Hey, thanks, bud. That's sweet. Cool. <laughs> Later. Bye.